Hey, what's up everybody? This is Keith here with the Arnie's. Today, we are talking The Mandalorian, Season 2, Episode 2. I'm here with my buddies, Austin and Matthew. Matthew, tell the fans who we are. Well, as Keith said, we're the Arnie's, but the reason I suspect he's asking me to say who we are is because this ain't just your average run-of-the-mill main episode. No sir, no ma'am, no person. This is the seminal podcast within the podcast, The Mando's Talking the Lorian. I still hate the title. It's not a good title for a <laughs> podcast, but we're committing to it. It's episode two, baby. We're ready. We're back. I'm Matt. Keith introed. Austin, it's your turn. Who cares how I'm doing? I'm doing fine. Another week in quarantine, pandemic life, whatever. It was normal, I guess. Austin, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing fine as well. I'm honestly just happy to receive an intro this week, but I have receive. come prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I have come prepared with a question for All you right. both. Wow. I'd be honored to answer it, potentially. As we know, the force in this franchise, eh, it's open to interpretation. So I want to know. If you guys had one Force ability, what would you pick? That's tough, because there are some cool ones that are never, like, used. Like, the Luke Skywalker Force projection could be used for cool stuff. I feel like the the most random one that's used in, like, every game, but only once in the movie, is <laughs> the Force, like, speed run that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan use at the beginning of Phantom Menace and never use again. That one could be interesting. Hmm. Hmm. It's tough, because like you said, it is interpretation, because the Force can literally be anything and everything. Like, you could use the Force just for, like, simple tasks. Instead of, like, trying to defeat your enemy, you could just use, like, the electrocution thing, like, cook a steak or something like that. I'm glad you said that, Keith, because here's here's my idea of a good Force power. Um, shoelaces, they're hard to keep tied. So I think I'm going to have the ability to just, with my mind, keep my shoelace knots just tight enough so they don't come undone. Hmm. There you go. Okay, that seems more than fair. What about you, Keith? Do you have any burgeoning ideas? Yeah, I think like I said before, use like the like electric, whatever they call it, whatever Count Dooku uses and uh, Darth Sidious uses, um, use that to like cook a steak or something like that. Ooh. You could open your own restaurants and call them Keith's Lightning Steaks. 10 Second Steaks. 10 Second Steaks (laughs) is pretty good. That's a good title. Yeah, mine isn't as exciting. I was honestly going to say force push, the standard force push, but I feel like I would try and primarily use it for the more interesting ability, which would be I would just constantly be using it, pushing it towards the ground so I could fly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, It's whatever you want. I mean, we don't know what the force is in this series. Yeah, (laughs) nobody does. (laughs) No one does, even the people that have it. But it's a great question. This, You know what? This is what I'm going to sit on a bit. I'm going to come back next week, and I might try and develop my Force-sensitive character. You know what I mean? So we'll see what we come with next week. All right. So, yeah, we'll have to check back in next week for those powers. But um, let's talk about our thoughts on Episode 1 and then some quick non-spoiler thoughts on Episode 2. Gotcha. What did you guys think? Yeah, so I guess just to remind everybody where we were at, Austin, how about you start us off? What were your just general thoughts on episode one that we talked about last week? There are elements of episode one that I liked. Um, It's good to be back in the series. Overall, I found it a bit underwhelming, especially for our premiere. But I will say for this episode, I enjoyed this one quite a bit, and I'm back to having fun with this series. 
Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. I, I, I think I, out of all of us, I might have actually liked episode one the most. I thought it was quite fun. I liked how they really quickly set up the plot, which is Mando is trying to get the child to its people. And to do that, he has to find more Mandalorians so who can apparently guide him to said people. So we went from that pretty quickly into the Tatooine storyline where he runs into Timothy Oliphant with Boba Fett's armor, all that fun stuff. I just, I was along for the ride. I thought the little adventure they went on, well, maybe weird and unnecessary, I had to kind of suspend disbelief at parts. I thought it was fun. I was along for it. And the Boba Fett reveal at the end was really cool. And this episode, um, I have mixed feelings. I would definitely recommend it. I think Overall, I am with Austin. I had a great time watching it. And I did like this one, uh, kind of was more back to last season where it was just like 30 minutes, just a quick 30 minute fun story, whereas last week was much longer. So I definitely recommend it. It's just this one. My biggest problem with last week is there were parts of it where I was like, why are they doing this? This just seems really unnecessary. And this one, it's almost like that times two. There's just a lot of this episode that feels like the definition of filler. That being said, what they chose to make a filler episode out of, I really enjoyed for the most part. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. My initial thoughts on episode one was, yeah, I think the Crate Dragon story was a little long, but I think it was necessary because it, it made sense of, of how he obtained the Boba Fett armor. Yeah. Um, and then it was cool seeing Boba Fett at the end there. This new episode, didn't like it as much. It just felt really quick and... The whole frog story was kind of just whatever. I really didn't care about it too much. Um, and the spiders were kind of same thing, whatever. I, I don't know. I just didn't, I just was not as entertained in this episode as I was in the, in the first one. Well, let's go ahead and throw up a quick spoiler warning. Everyone listening from here on out, we are going to spoil everything Mandalorian season two, episode two. So if you haven't seen that episode yet, go watch it and come on back. Just hit pause right now. Go watch the episode and come on back, and we'll be here waiting for you when you get back. This episode, he is tasked to go to the planet Trask, but guess what? He's got to take a pregnant, or not pregnant, but he's got to take a frog woman who has eggs with him, and they can't use a uh, hyperdrive because the eggs will die. So they are going along at a slow speed, and they encounter some X-Wing fighters from the New Republic. They start chasing them. They crash in some ice planet. They encounter some creepy spiders. And then they patch things up. The X-Wing fighters let them go. And they're off to Trask again. Alright, well yeah. Let's just go ahead and jump in. I'll just start by saying... This this episode really only felt like 10 minutes long to me. It didn't... I, I don't know why. When it ended, I was like, what? Like, that's it? <laughs> I just didn't... Just didn't <laughs> It didn't feel like it had a lot in it. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. When when the credits rolled, I was like, wow, that was that was really quick. But I will say, last week's episode felt like it dragged to me. It felt like we were here way too long, spent way too much time on Tatooine. So I was kind of happier with this result of, whoa, a lot happened there, and it didn't feel like it took that long. Whereas last week, I was like, when is this going to end, man? So I, I'm happier to be on this side of things where I am left wanting more content as to feeling like I got too much. Yeah, I think overall I liked this episode less, but I thought the story was much cleaner and I actually kind of got a lot of great moments out of it when it came to the characters. And it, I, I was just thinking about this earlier today. I watched this l like late last night because I couldn't sleep and um, I was thinking about it today and 
I don't think I could be wrong. I don't think Pedro Pascal is actually in the Mando armor. I think he might just do VO. I could be wrong on that. That's something I should have looked up. But either way, it's just such a great performance when you have three characters who are the kind of the mains of the episode. You have the Mando and then you have a child that can't communicate. And then the character that they just call a frog lady who speaks a completely different language. And somehow you're still engaged with these characters' conversations. So that was kind of my favorite part. And that's the thing that kind of propelled the episode forward for me. I don't know how they do such a good job of conveying emotion through the Mando face mask as well. But you can yeah. tell what he's feeling, even though there's no expressions at all. It's just a blank mask. Maybe yeah. in a weird way, it was good that they showed us his face at the end of last season, because then you can kind of use your imagination and it gives you a bit more context of both feelings and what is going on under the mask. But yeah, overall, before we get too far into it and too in depth, I, I do agree with you guys. I think maybe we could have gotten a bit more of um, a middle ground in terms of length and development that we had with the first episode and this one, because yeah, this one really did fly by. And I think the biggest problem with it is let's like flash forward to the end of this season. And let's say someone comes up to us on the street and is like, Hey, what was the, give us a quick recap of the Mandalorian. I feel like we're going to skip this episode. You know what I mean? It's like, it feels a bit inconsequential. Granted, I don't know what's going to happen in episode three. Like, will the frog lady be this main character? I have no idea. But overall, it's like Mando is leaving Tatooine. He's forced to take a passenger with him. He tries to escape pilots, crashes, escapes, and that's the plot. That's it. That's all that happens. So it just it feels a bit thin, I suppose, as compared to last week even. So that was kind of, I guess, maybe my issue with it. So I agree. It does fly by and maybe a bit too much in a, in a sense. I agree that it is a very thin and quick plot. Like it's literally just to get us from planet A to planet B. But mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I felt like what they were doing in this episode was way more interesting than the last episode. That, yeah, that's what I agree. I think they just did cooler character stuff for me. And that, that's why I was so impressed because I was like, how are they doing cooler character stuff when it's like last episode we had Mando and Timothy Oliphant talking. So at least there was like an actual dialogue back and forth. But here it kind of felt like my favorite part of the last episode was the communication with the Tusken Raiders. Again, a species that we don't understand as the audience, but the Mando does. So watching him communicate with the frog lady and giving baby Yoda some kind of interesting stuff to do, it, it made it a bit interesting. It kind of gave us a bit more character development, which I found fascinating and tying back to previous episodes. So yeah. Maybe it was thin, but we did get some good stuff out of it for sure. Yeah, I think this one definitely did cross over a little bit into the, the background Star Wars story with the X-Wing yeah. fighters and the New Republic, which we didn't really get too much of in the last episode. So I did like that about it. Yeah. I mean, what we got in the last episode was kind of, I guess, cool. But I mean, like last episode we talked about, yeah, it was cool seeing like Timothy Oliphant and these characters on the outskirts of... um. It's a small Tatooine mining town. See the, the destruction of the second Death Star. But in a weird way, I guess, because we're so familiar with the Death Star, it was kind of expected. But I know, Austin, you in particular, I feel like this was cooler, seeing the X-Wings and kind of the dawn of the New Republic. I feel like this is something we haven't seen before. So what did you think of that? Yeah, th this was awesome. I thought this was – when the, whenever they start getting hailed on the radar, I'm like, oh, great. It's it's bandits or it's TIE fighters. Mm -hmm. And then when you see the X-Wings pop up, it's, you haven't seen that yet in the show. So when they popped up, I was like, man, that's awesome. And then that's kind of what I really want from this series. It, it exists outside the main Star Wars plot, but then obviously all this stuff is still going on in the background. So it, it leaves room for X-Wings to pop up. Um, and so I th and I feel like the way they used them in this episode, especially, they don't have a big role. They're there to kind of move the story along. 
but the way they're used in this episode is super effective. And I was, I honestly was smiling like from ear to ear when I saw the X-Wings pop up. And then later on, when you see their wings expand for the guns to come out, I thought it was so cool. That was maybe my favorite scene just because it was cool. It was surprising seeing the X-Wings in that context. It was like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that. And then it goes from this really cool surprise where you're almost happy. But then you realize, oh, wait, our main character has done some bad things. So maybe this isn't good. And then it kind of turns into what I thought was a really tense scene. My favorite part was whenever uh, you hear one of the pods go, let's switch to channel two. It's like, yep. Yeah. Okay. And then the Mando, again, like you talked about. He has a fucking mask on, but you know exactly what he's thinking under that mask whenever it goes silent on his end. Yeah. And the second they come back up and the and the wings pop out and he just was holding the steering wheel and just <laughs> just turns it and books it. It was an amazing scene. That also leads to a really funny scene too in the cockpit where he's dive bombing and the frog lady in the background's like hanging on for dear life. Like I was literally like <laughs> be- full belly laughing during the scene and I yeah. have not laughed the whole yeah. lot during yeah. this series, but it, it was, was a really well shot and funny scene. My favorite part is also whenever uh, after that, at one point he turns around and looks at her and goes, hang on. And like, even though she can't say anything, it's like her face says, what the, what the hell do you think I've been doing? <laughs> <laughs> and there was also, I mean, like not only funny and cool. I mean, I thought the actual sequence, once he, once they actually get into the atmosphere of this ice planet, when they're in the clouds, especially the, the choreography here was really cool. The effects oh, looked yeah. awesome. Whenever yeah. he like basically used a, he used a cloud to hide and then just dr- like turned off the thrusters. I was like, whoa, it, it was really interesting. I remember last week I said, I hope we are more selective with what we choose to spend our money on. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad we chose to spend our money on this flight sequence because it looked fucking sweet. Yeah, that was awesome. So I agree. It was really cool seeing some actual New Republic stuff. And like we talked about last week, we've kind of heard that maybe whenever they pitch the show, seeing the rise of the First Order from the sequel trilogy would be something that happens in the background. But for whatever reason, I didn't think about, well, I guess on the contrast, we would have to see kind of the Republic transitioning beyond uh, the original trilogy into what they become in the sequel trilogy, which we don't see a lot of. And it was kind of cool just to see a little something. So I thought it was pretty awesome. It was also cool too how Mando's like, hey, I don't have to use my beacon here. I'm a I'm an old ship. And they're like, well, this is controlled by New Republic space now. So now, so now there's different laws in effect. Things are different now. Things are different now. Yeah. I was saying yeah. like pre-Empire. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. How it goes along the timeline there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also liked how it was like they bring some realistic side of things in like whenever he – it starts going into the ice planet, and they're like, "Oh, that atmosphere is gonna tear his shit, his ship up." Yeah, and I thought that was kind of cool. They said that because, <laughs> yeah, it did because they don't usually say that. Sometimes these ships just go into these planets, like, and they they're always fine, you know. So it was kind of cool that they did that or mentioned that at least. I also just a, a little thing I, I talked about when we did the Last Jedi. One of my favorite little bits of dialogue in that is whenever uh, Finn. In almost like a sarcastic way, and I think he thinks it'll get him off the hook. <laughs> he tells Rose, "May the force be with you," and she's like, "Oh wow, you too." I, I like the the back and forth. I like that the Mando said at first because I think he was thinking the same thing. Like, Maybe this will get them off my tail. He's like, "May the yeah. force be with you, you as well." <laughs> yeah. So another thing, I thought it was really interesting because we get this. The opening of this episode is basically just a direct continuation from the last one. He's still on his speeder. He's still on Tatooine. And we get this cool little skirmish that happens where bandits try and take his stuff. And there's some cute moments with Baby Yoda being held at knife point, And it's so jarring looking. And then Mando's like, here, here, take my jetpack. All this. And then he gets out of the situation, of course. But beyond that, I always like the way the title cards pop up in The Mandalorian. It tells you basically 
exactly what they give you basically a character or just the general plot in just a few words. And this one was The Passenger. And when I saw that title, man, I was like, that's a cool title. And then it goes to the next scene and we find out from Amy Sedaris's character who's back that I guess Mando, he couldn't find Mandalorians, but there's a, there's someone out there that might have a lead on the Mandalorians. And I was like, hold on. And then they were like, and you know, do it, do it for me. You're going to have to take them on your ship. Can you grant them passage? I was like, no way. Boba Fett is going to be the passenger. And I was, it was just my, my mind was running. Cause I was like, oh my God, what is the, what is going to happen? Because like, if Boba doesn't have his armor, does anybody know his face? Probably not. I mean, the Mandalorian probably doesn't. And they're going to have this, all this stuff we talked about last week where I was like, the thing that Boba Fett can do is he can he can fill in the Mando on the Jedi, who they actually are. Because the other Mandalorians were like, they're just this mystical race of sorcerers. And Boba Fett knows. So maybe he could fill that in and maybe maybe there would be like an ulterior motive where he's going to try and get his armor back and maybe he'll be hostile. Who knows? But I was, I was so excited. And then it didn't go that way. And we'll get into where it does go. But I was curious, did you guys have the same thought? Was I alone there? Did you? I guess maybe the more general question is, did you think that Boba would come back this episode? Like maybe that's the better way to phrase that. So I didn't think he was going to be the passenger, but I thought when this ambush starts playing out, I thought Boba was going to pop up during the ambush and maybe save the Mando or or whenever Baby Yoda's at knife point, which also was the voiceover of like the baby cooing while baby's at knife while Baby Yoda's at knife point. Did that come come off weird to you guys? Because it came off really weird to me. He was cooing. I might have, I might have missed that. He's like, like he's being held at knife play, and he's like, "Oh, go go gaga!" Like the voiceover, <laughs> it's like literally sounds like they held yeah. up like a, a microphone to a baby, and he's and it's it's just it feels so weird in this moment to have him like cooing like a, like a playful baby. Well, we'll get we'll get to some more weird baby Yoda stuff later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so when Baby Yoda is at knife point, I thought that's when Boba Fett was going to mm. pop up and yeah. get involved there. What about you, Keith? Did you have any any thoughts like that? I maybe thought it for a second that Boba might be the passenger, but then I, I was just kind of thinking, I don't think he's going to come back for another few episodes. I just kind of had that feeling. Just the way this yeah. the the way this series is so far, I feel like they're they're going to be slow with bringing him back, and and especially when they when they got off Tatooine, I was like, oh yeah, they're definitely if he's on Tatooine, then they're definitely not going to bring him back for a while, at least. Could be wrong. But I don't know. It also means at some point we're going to have to go back to Tatooine. That's what I was just going to say. Are we going back? I am not looking forward to. Are we going back? Is he going to leave? I don't know. Another thought I had, though, was like, what if he's like a stowaway on the ship? That's what I thought, too. Oh, yeah, I thought it was cool. going to be a double meaning for the title, like, and then like at a, at a big moment, maybe during the final fight, maybe Bubba would pop out. I was like, oh, he was the other passenger; he was a stowaway of some kind. But yeah, so I guess I guess you're right. I, I feel like we'll get him in some form later in this season, but I don't know when. So sounds like uh, sounds like the three of us should be the ones writing this show. <laughs> I don't know. If that's, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right move. <laughs> I like The Last Jedi and Solo too much for Disney to let me work on this show. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming, Matt, that when the frog lady does come in, you're thinking it's filled with fat. I'm assuming you're extremely let down when you see her face. And Keith, I imagine you have some strong feelings about the frog lady. What do you think <laughs> yeah. about this whole side story? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the actual passengers. Let's talk about what becomes the main plot of this episode. What were your guys' thoughts? She's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of like, 
Oh, man, can they just bring someone on that like is not weird? Like just someone that speaks <laughs> English or something? Like this, she spoke frog. Like they were speaking Tuscan in the last episode, which I thought was cool. But like, bring someone on. Like I, I think when I when I thought of this episode, I thought they're gonna bring someone on. You guys remember the prison episode from the last season? Well, yeah, the prison episode actually kind of plays a couple weird uh, parts in this episode. Yeah, the one with yeah. Bill Burr, right? Yeah, I thought they're gonna bring more and more like a Bill Burr, Bill Burr kind of character on this, but it was like it turns out it's just a frog, which it was a, it was a kind of a, I get why they did it, and and that played into the why they couldn't use the hyperdrive. I get it, but it would have been cooler if she would have talked. Like you, you couldn't understand a word she was saying until she used the droid. I I kind of agree with you, Keith. When she first comes on, I thought she was gonna get really annoying, but then the way they use her throughout the episode, like she doesn't really talk a whole lot. Her language is pretty annoying to listen to. I will give you that. <laughs> um, but she is like very. She's used very comically, like I kind like we kind of talked about in the uh, the space flying sequence. I find her story really altruistic too. How she's like kind of carrying like the last eggs of her species. So I was able to really buy in to why she's doing what she's doing and kind of start rooting for her as the episode went on. Yeah. I don't, don't think like I'm a shitting on her too much. I, I like the egg part of her story. I just didn't like her language. It was like, it was, I wish she would just would have spoke a normal language. It was kind of annoying. The frog. It was, thing. it was kind of hard to listen to because it is kind of like a croaking, like almost yeah. animal noise into like your ears. So yeah. it, it was hard to listen to, but I'm glad they don't use it a whole lot in this episode. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't really bother me. I Yeah, I definitely was at first. Never Boba didn't walk in. I was a bit disappointed because I thought that's where it was going. Um, and then, you know, once it started happening, I was kind of like, well, you know what? This is what this show is. I feel like when The Mandalorian, if it, if it can go for comedy or drama, it usually goes for comedy, as we've seen in the past. And when it can do something that is a bit more, I guess, not main plot related, and I'm not even saying this is a bad thing, but we've seen multiple times where they're going to choose going for a bit of a filler episode or focusing on a small subplot. That's what the show does. So whenever this character that we had no idea who it was and it had her story had nothing to do with anything else, I was like, well, you know, that's what the Mandalorian does. And the fact that it was like a literal frog creature and like you said, the language was just like croaking. It, it, it was it was annoying at first. I got used to it. But I think, yeah, I agree with Austin, though. I think this actual story, once I heard it, I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. It's like she's literally carrying around all these eggs. These are the last of her people. She's trying to get to her husband. And the one kind of connection they do have is that apparently the husband on this planet, Trask, has seen Mandalorians. So that's kind of... Amy Sedaris's character's way to, I suppose, sell Mando on doing this because he can do, I guess, a good deed and then also hopefully find Mandalorians out of it, which is his goal. So I, I like the story. I thought it was cool as it went on. And it, once it gets really dire on the ice planet, I, I, I did feel for her as the character. I was like, you know, this is really sad and scary. And once she uses the joy to speak up and you get the Mando situation, it's like, what the fuck can I do? I mean, our ship's fucked. And but at the same time, she's like, well, let's figure something out because I'm holding the last of my people. And you made I also a promise. love how she chastises so. him too. Yeah. Like, I thought Mandalorians upheld their honor as yeah. well. I thought and I did like that part. I still yeah. singer. Like and then he part, just yeah. walks out and tries to fix the ship. I, yeah, I, I like that. Once we get into it, I got I got used to it and I found it quite enjoyable. So yeah, yeah. To answer your question, I liked her. I didn't like her at the beginning, but I warmed up to her, especially when yeah. she got in the hot tub. She was definitely warm there, and she was putting her eggs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> putting her eggs in the hot tub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so another another portion of her side story is because she is carrying these eggs, 
uh, our lights, our ability to jump the light speed is taken away. So what did you guys think yeah. about this little plot twist of how we have to travel um, at sub hyperspeed? I'll start with this one just because my thoughts are real quick. Um, so I thought it was cool, the premise of it, because it makes things harder because it means Mando can get caught, essentially. So I was like, oh, okay, there's some drama there. But I need you guys to kind of take this one away because maybe I missed it, but I didn't understand why. Like, how did this affect the eggs? I, I must have missed that because that part confused They're me. They're just like, too fragile. Like okay. a jump to light speed would have caused the eggs to break. I, guess, I mean, does that really make sense, though? Because, I mean, I feel like any time in this really, series, whenever they do hyperspeed, like the people actually in the does cockpit, it need to nothing make sense? seems to happen. No, does it but... need to make sense? We've had 45 movies and we still don't know what the force is. No, I'm with, I'm with you both. I'm with you both. It doesn't make sense, but I give it to them because that's just how they wrote the story. But, um, but yeah, no, what, what did make sense to me though? So they're not, they don't have, uh, hyperdrive. Hyperdrive is how they get from, pl- from pl- planet A to planet B in whatever amount of time. How far away are these planets? Because, I mean, if you're not using hyperdrive, that could take a long time to get from planet A to planet B. The time it takes to do stuff has never really been a factor in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's literally a plot in The in the, the Last Jedi where uh, Rose and Finn leave the battle for four days and come back, and the battle's still going yeah. on. I guess we're just getting too technical with it maybe i don't know i thought it was weird i mean the force is one thing when we actually physically don't see anything happen we don't really i feel like it's supposed to not we don't understand how it works whereas this i was like we've seen countless people in cockpits and they seem fine and they go into hyperspeed so i yeah it's not obviously not a big deal but i was kind of like so why would that affect eggs (laughs) i don't know (laughs) whatever i thought overall it was cool because it made things more tense because they couldn't just use that as a quick way to get there so it was kind of interesting and and I thought it was a, a, a cool way to have a twist on jumping to light speed in this episode. But at the same time, all it's really doing is slowing down the time it takes for us to get to episode three, if that makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah, like yeah. I said at the beginning, I mean, literally, once the season is done, when we look back on this episode, we're going to go, we can explain the plot in two seconds. Oh, yeah, Amanda leaves Tatooine after the Boba Fett thing. He meets the frog leader to get on ship, crash, ice planet, escape, spiders, and episode three happens. I mean, that's where that's where episode three is going to start, I assume, is them yeah, getting there. So yeah. episode two in the long run, I really don't think is going to really matter at all. But, you know, it was still fun. So, <laughs> so yeah, well, let's talk about the spiders, like you just uh, said. Yes, what yes, did you guys yes. think about these spiders? Where was Hagrid? <laughs> I knew someone was going to do a Harry Potter thing. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, that big spider was scary. I mean, I, that, I put that up against the big Harry Potter spider, the big Lord of the Rings Return of the King spider. I mean, it, it was kind of scary to look at. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have many thoughts other than I thought it led to a pretty cool action sequence. I liked seeing the Mando have to protect everybody. I liked seeing him kind of use all of his gadgets that he could. And my favorite part was that this went from that hot spring all the way, not to the ship. It went inside the ship, like into the yeah, cockpit, like cool. still fighting. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think I have many thoughts. I thought the spider design was cool. Um, I love when they're trying to take off and the, the giant spider drops onto awesome. their ship. That was yeah, cool. That was really cool. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. What, what did you guys think? Did you have any thoughts? Something's got to be done about Baby Yoda's diet, dude. <laughs> what yeah, is this thing well, that was, that was something we're going to have to talk about, too. Oh, I, yeah. I, this was... Should we talk about it now? This was let's just, yeah, let's just, let's just dive now. into it. This so was my eats, least favorite part of this episode. <laughs> he eats eggs, the, yeah. the the frog's eggs, and then Mando doesn't and tell the, the frogs. Eggs. 
Yeah. The, well, Mando's the, the not frog. Pl- the frog should know that she just lost five kids. <laughs> I guess she doesn't care. I mean, I she must have not. so many in there. I guess I don't know. They don't look like it was that many. <laughs> That's the funny thing. It wasn't like it doesn't look like it's that many. But then when she's in the hot tub, it takes Mando fifteen minutes to scoop the eggs out of the water. <laughs> yeah. So I guess there's a lot more than it looks like. Yeah, <laughs> I'm guessing know. at least like twenty five or so. But she lost at least five out of that twenty five or more. I feel like it would have been one thing if, like, this wasn't the last of <laughs> their kind. But <laughs> since they literally set it up like, oh, this is the last of our kind, I thought it was fine that it happened once. In fact, the way they, like, blocked the scene whenever the eggs were placed downstairs, which was weird that the frog lady wouldn't hold on to the eggs. Uh, yeah, but they placed I, the eggs I downstairs and Baby Yoda was down there. I was like, okay. He's looking at it. He puts his face up against it. I was like, he's going to eat one. And he did. And I was like, okay, I get it. It's fun. Whatever. But when they played it for laughs two or three more times, I was like, this isn't funny. Like, it's – these are <laughs> – it would have been yeah. – like I said, it would have been one thing it wasn't the last of her kind. This was just so jarring to me. Like, and, and the, the worst part was the last scene where it's like, oh, we did it. We're <laughs> out. And then he just shoves another one in his mouth. <laughs> it's like, And I get it. It's a and kid. She's, she's sitting right there too. <laughs> I get it. Like, you know, kids – don't understand right from wrong, especially when they're that little. I get it. But the fact that the Mando had to chastise him so many times, I, I just thought it was so weird that they played it for laughs because I, I wasn't laughing. I was like, ah, oh, what an asshole. <laughs> I, was so I, uh, it, uh, I think it worked a little bit more for me than it did for you in this episode. <laughs> Every time he did it, it made me laugh. But then after I laughed, I was like, well, that still is the last of her kind. So I was still thinking about it, but it still made me laugh every time it happened. Yeah. It was only, like I said, yeah, it was only weird because they set up so many times. This is the last of my kind. <laughs> he eats like five of them. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking about the quantity of it. Cause like if he's eating them and she's not noticing, then there must be a lot. So also real quick, shout out to whenever that little spider jumps at Mando and he just fucking palms it and squishes it. <laughs> that was so cool. <laughs> Did you guys enjoy the Jar Jar Binks tongue on the frog lady? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to do a Jar Jar impression. I'm not going to. Never mind. Why? No, it wouldn't be good. (laughs) Do an impression of whenever Jar Jar sticks his tongue into the pod racer and then it gets all... That's what I was going to (laughs) do. That's that's that. That's that. That's that. That's That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, but no, I just hope it, you know, maybe at the end of the season or towards the end of the season, it, it eventually leads to something, you know, where it's not all these little yeah. side stories. It actually leads to the main plot points of trying to get this baby Yoda to its people or him running into Mandalorians or Boba Fett coming in. So, Well, the crazy thing also is we know at some point this season, again, Giancarlo Esposito's character is going to come back presumably to find baby yoda so that's a whole nother thing so it's yeah there's there's a lot of kind of storylines that are up in the air right now and i'm like keith i hope by the end of the season we get payoffs to some of them and leave some of them open for season three that's cool with me but we do i think we do need to get some payoffs in season one we didn't get a whole lot of that so i I do hope this time around we do and i hope it's not one of those things where like they set up at the end of last season. You got to go find Mandalorians so that you can find Baby Yoda's people. I hope that's not something that happens like the very end of the finale of this season. Like, yeah. oh, I finally made it. I hope that's not what we're in for. And I don't think we are, to be fair. I don't think we are. But you it's better just, find some damn know. Mandalorians on Trask. That's for I sure. I think, I feel like we are. I feel like 
they heard some of the criticism of last season, which is not a whole lot happens. And I don't think they're interested in totally changing that. I think they like the whole subplots that they're doing, which I'm down with. But I do think at the same time, they're going to do a bit more. So I don't for me, there's no way episode one, he got faked out by this Mandalorian sighting. I, I, I would be shocked if they do that again on episode three, where it's like, oops, wrong again. <laughs> like, I, I don't think that's going to happen. And if it does, eh, we'll see where they go with from there, I guess. What are you guys thinking about Boba so far? Are you think we're going to see him in episode three? Like, is he only going to be in this show for like half the season? At this point, I don't think episode three, because it's one of those things like, I feel like if they wanted to directly continue that story, he would have popped up here. But now, as Keith said, he's on Tatooine and it's very easy to say, well, maybe he'll have a ship or something. But then why is he dressed as like a nomad who's like out there surviving in the wilderness if if he has access to a ship or something? And we don't know if he wants his armor. So I, I just don't know how Bo is going to be used. Like the only, I, I would be shocked if we go back to Tatooine. So I have to imagine somehow he'll pop up and he'll try and find Mando for some reason, but I don't know why. I am a, I'm kind of worried that we have a, a lamplighter-esque scenario on our hands where we have, mm-hmm. in this case, a big character, but for lamplighter in the boys season two, we have a big actor casting that role and ultimately they're not used a whole lot. I'm kind of worried we might have that situation on our hand. Which by the way, I just finished season two of the boys tonight. So I know oh, exactly yeah. what you boys are talking about. How'd you like it real quick? Give us your two second thoughts. I liked it. No, I did like it. Yeah. So yeah. So Austin, I, I appreciate your thoughts and I think we could see that happen. I think something like that could happen. And I, But I genuinely can say I have no clue at this point. If he's not going to somehow stow away on Mando's ship, I guess he'll get his own ship and somehow meet up with Mando again because I would be shocked to go back to Tatooine, like I said. But if he does, then it's like, is he just doing that to get his armor? I have no idea. So Keith... Do you have any thoughts on this? Like, is Boba going to be back in a bigger role this season? What do you think? I have a feeling he's probably not going to come back until the end of the season. I think if they teased him oh. at the beginning, he probably won't come back to the end. Here's what I'm going to say. If we go back to Tatooine at any point in this season before the last episode, I'm turning it off. I'll still be on these episodes, but I'm <laughs> but not watching another second. You just want to watch them? <laughs> you just ask us questions? Guys, do you want the worst case scenario? That that little that little shot is the only thing we see of him? Yeah. The worst case scenario is that shot was just put there to go, oh, look, Boba Fett's still alive. And it's like him saying farewell to his old life as the Mandalorian drives off with his armor. That's the worst case scenario. And honestly, if we get a bunch more filler episodes, we'll see. Maybe that'll happen. No, I can't. <laughs> if, if, if Tim Roo Morrison came back, he's not going to just do that. I don't think Tamora Morrison has much say. I mean, he's fucking Aquaman's dad. That's like his claim to fame, right? Yeah, he doesn't have a whole lot of clout in the industry, I don't think. But he does. He's Star Django. Wars. He's Django, baby. Well, how do you think the encounter will be? Like, if it isn't, let's say, let's say it's in the last episode. Do you think it's going to be like, hey, man, that's my armor? What are you doing with it? Or he's going to be like, where'd you get that armor? And then I'm like, oh, I found it off a of Marshall in most Pelgo. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Oliphant gave it to me. I honestly, I'm, I'm just am baffled. I don't know. I, I was, I'm kind of being joking with that worst case scenario thing. I assume he'll be back, but I don't know what the, what the confrontation is. Cause it's like, why would he follow this guy? I mean, it doesn't seem like he wants his armor that bad if it's taken him five years to stumble across it at the end of episode one. So it's like, I don't know. I think it really could be more of like a, almost like an interrogation on both sides kind of interaction where Mando doesn't know a whole lot about the Jedi and the Force and Boba doesn't know how, doesn't know a whole lot about the Mandalorian. That so would they be might awesome. both have questions for that each other. That would be awesome. Yeah. 
You mean, honestly, I think it'd be kind of cool because we know that Carl Weathers and Gina Carano's characters, which were pretty big recurring characters in season one, we know that they're going to be back in recurring roles this season. So I think it'd be kind of cool if maybe by the end of this season, Boba Fett becomes part of that crew that just sort of recurs throughout the show. He kind of pops up here and there. That'd be yeah, and cool. then could we actually have the whole crew together for multiple episodes? That'd be nice. Yeah, I think we'll get that by the end of the season. We'll get them together for a few episodes. But yeah, I, li- I think I like, because I was always saying that Boba is important because he can actually explain as someone that was sort of a Mandalorian, he can explain the, all the Jedi stuff to our Mandalorian. But I like how you put that, Austin. We could actually get a really cool conversation where maybe in a weird way in return, but maybe Boba actually wants to know about the Mandalorian. Maybe he wants to somehow join it finally to maybe honor his father in some weird way. Maybe the culture actually does mean something to him now. And our Mandalorian can give him that in return. That could be really cool, actually. I think I think next episode is going to be big because I feel like they're going to get to this planet and maybe he doesn't find Mandalorians, but I feel like if he doesn't, then maybe they'll just fucking drop a Jedi on us and maybe it'll be shocking and who the hell knows. But I think next episode will be big. I hope it is because this was just kind of a fun little side story. So I'm hoping for something that actually feels a bit more substantial and move stuff along next episode. Well, all right, guys, that's the end of Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 2. Catch us next week for Episode 3. Austin, tell people where they can find us. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss any of our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing it with a friend, that really does help us continue to grow the show. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back on Tuesday for our main episode, and we'll be discussing some overlooked movies. Yeah, so speaking of Star Wars, you know, we're doing, obviously, covering a lot of Mandalorian content here. But in case you didn't know, head to our podcast feed on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Because we also have a bi-weekly Star Wars series that we've been doing for weeks now. Actually, I guess probably months. But it is coming to a close. We will be reviewing The Rise of Skywalker in just a few short weeks. And we're proud to it. Now, we've already talked about it a little bit on our main episodes, but in case you didn't know, the FN Nerds, a couple friends of ours that do a great podcast as well, are going to be joining us. It's going to be this nice, big finale farewell to our main Star Wars series for now. So that's going to be fun. Come check us out talking about The Rise of Skywalker. And of course, go like and follow the FN Nerds as well, because they do a great podcast and we like what they're doing. Yeah, and check us out on Instagram at the Arnie's. Feel free to direct message us uh, your thoughts on the Mandalorian, uh, upcoming Star Wars episodes, Rise of Skywalker, and we also have overlooked movies coming up. So maybe give us a shot what you think your overlooked movies are. So whatever you say, whatever you say, we will <laughs> read it on the show. We're desperate for messages, people. Come on, shoot us a message. All right, everybody. So we'll see you on Tuesday. We're not going to be like Boba Fett. We're not going to tease you and not come back. We're back on Tuesday. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs>